Bible says that we have been freed from sin, no longer slaves to sin, and are more than conquerors. Yet that is not the experience for most believers. They somehow still feel slaves to sin. And so what is it we're missing? What is it along the way that we have believed that is actually keeping us from being the very thing that Jesus said we are to be and that the Bible promises that we are? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, welcome to the podcast. We're glad that you're here for this one. It is going to be a great one. As yeah. always, we have podcasts coming out every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. So if you would, if you're on YouTube, you can go ahead and subscribe. You can like the video. It helps get these videos out into other people's algorithms, which is great. And then if you would share this with other people, if you're on Spotify, whatever podcasts you or however you listen to podcasts, we're glad that you're here with us. Again, share it, subscribe, like, ring the bell, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one today. Yeah, it's good. So... Uh, a very real subject for every Jesus follower today. What do you do about sin? And how do you break free from it? I mean, if the Bible promises we have been set free, we're no longer slaves, or to be more than conquerors, then that that ought to be the more viable experience yeah. that every believer walks yeah. in. But Rather that's than usually like not the disheartened case. Disheartened and overwhelmed at like, oh, I'm not doing good enough, and how come I still <laughs> struggle with this, that, and the other? And, yeah, yeah. I, I, and we, the Bible uses the term walking upright and righteously, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's really, that seems to not be the experience that you see for a lot of believers. Mm-hmm. They don't seem walking upright in the Lord. Yeah. They seem to be walking downcast mm-hmm. and sad and, yeah. and defeated mm-hmm. instead of more victorious. I'm not talking about sinless perfection, never, mm-hmm. never sinning. I yeah. don't know that, I know that the Bible doesn't promise that. But what it promises yeah. is that we're no longer slaves and that we are free yeah. and that we are more than conquerors, mm-hmm. that I should be winning more than losing. Yeah. I should not have to listen as though sin is a, is a, a domineering master in my life. I should mm-hmm. be the one walking with the domineering power yeah. that says no. And, and I walk in the dominion that's even greater than what Adam had in the yeah, garden. So, exactly. Again, I think a lot of people, uh, and as we'll, we'll get into this later, but- you know, people live with that like fear that God is just ready to punish you mm-hmm. as soon as yeah. uh, you sin, as soon as you doubt, as soon as you have fears. You know, yep. and and that is a crippling thing. That's an oppressive way of thinking. Yeah. And so, you know, with that mindset, like, how come Christians live like that mm-hmm. whenever the promises and scriptures say that we are more than conquerors? Yeah. It's literally the most opposite thing, it seems like. Exactly. So I think as we're going to see today, we're going to frame this down to a very specific moment because there's a moment that determines whether or not you're going to walk in increasing victory mm-hmm. or in increasing mm-hmm. guilt and defeat. That moment's critical. What you do in this one moment determines everything. It'll determine whether your faith is going to grow or whether you're going to tank in that yeah. moment. It's going to determine whether you're going to walk in greater victory or you're going to, whether you're going to walk in greater defeat. And that moment is the moment immediately after you recognize that you have sinned. What you do next mm-hmm. in that moment right there yeah. will determine everything about your future. And yeah. if you've been in church, you have heard a lot of different things about what is supposed to happen in that moment, what mm-hmm. you should do in that moment. Uh, now, I do I do want to frame the conversation today, and in, in this context, we are talking to those who are Jesus followers. We're talking to people yeah. who have been born again, who have put their faith in Christ, yeah. who have made the decision to follow Jesus with their life. Yeah. To those who claim, I'm a Christian. Yeah, because you are the one who's been given the promise that you have been freed from sin, no longer a slave to sin, and can be more than a conqueror. If Mm -hmm. you are not a follower of Jesus, if you have not been born again, then I would say to you this this conversation will be interesting to you, but I would would say you must come to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Come and commit your life to him. Come and confess that you are a sinner in need of being saved, of being redeemed, of Mm -hmm. having a new heart. That's the starting place because everything we're going to talk about today is related to someone who has made that decision mm-hmm. and and is wanting to. And I know this has to be the heartbeat of every Christian. You don't want to be stuck in sin. Mm-hmm. You don't want to that, keep yeah. walking in patterns that have yeah. you stuck. That's why you're saying, I need a savior <clears throat> in yeah. this moment. Exactly. So again, it's, <clears throat> it is whenever you realize that you have sinned, mm-hmm. that is the moment that <clears throat> what you truly believe 
is heightened and on display to the max, mm-hmm. you know, to the absolute fullest, because it's you're making the conclusions and you're acting on the conclusions you've made of how God views you, how you view God, how you view sin, how you right. view Jesus's death <clears throat> and resurrection. It's, it is literally like that is what you actually believe, mm-hmm. how you react after <clears throat> you recognize you've sinned. Yeah. So. What, what is it that we're to do? What, how do we frame the rest mm-hmm. of the conversation here today and answering this question, what do you do immediately after you sinned? Now, mm-hmm. the Bible tells us what will be uh, somewhat of an, inst- an instinctive, natural follow-up to that moment, to the moment you realize, I have failed, I have sinned, I have done something that's uh, grievous, to the Holy Spirit, I have done something that's against God's ways. I've done something mm-hmm. to hurt another person. What happens next in that moment for every believer is a moment of guilt. There is this awareness. This is the first thing. It just it happens. You don't. You really don't have control over the fact that this happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. The question will come down is what happens after that. But guilt is the natural response to sin in a believer's life because the Holy Spirit is within us because we have committed our heart to following Christ. We've been given a new heart. Whenever we choose an action that is against who we are, there will be this weight. There will be this moment of heaviness, uh, of soul darkness, of feeling disconnected, cut off. It'll be a feeling of that Mm -hmm. because that's what guilt is. It's this... It's the indicator that you've done something wrong. It's the spirit bringing to awareness that we have sinned. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Bible describes moments like that with some very descriptive terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm 31 is one in which David is, is writing, and he, he describes it, and he talks about how to f- it impacts him um, in the whole of who he is. <laughs> so he says in verse 9 and 10, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye waste away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. So here's this description, very vivid description of what it's like to feel uh, grief and and uh, guilt for our sin. Mm-hmm. And I think every believer can relate to that. We mm-hmm. know what that moment is like whenever all of a sudden we are aware I have done something um, that has violated my conscience, has violated the laws of God, has hurt someone else. You immediately feel this, this cloak <laughs> cover you mm-hmm. and you feel horrible about what you've done. This is what Jesus came to free us from Mm -hmm. so that we no longer have to carry that cloak, that darkness, that shame, that guilt that comes as a result of sin. Jesus did not come to lay more of that on us. Jesus Mm -hmm. didn't come to... Uh, for us to live in perpetual guilt and shame and feeling condemned and feeling rejected and self-hatred. Jesus came to free us from that. In fact, when he was on the cross, he bore every one of those moments of our guilt and our shame. Mm -hmm. Isaiah prophesied this and he described it as well. Um, In Isaiah 53, four through six, surely he has borne or carried our griefs and our sorrows. He, he, he experienced them. Yeah. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So here in that moment, Jesus took upon himself all of our guilt. Every one of those moments where you have felt distant, broken, guilty, ashamed, that is what Jesus bore on the cross so that you and I would not have to experience that Mm -hmm. feeling, experience of weighted down guilt and shame and condemnation. Mm-hmm. But in that exchange, this is where most Christians 
even though they might have walked with the Lord for some time, they don't experience the relief of that, the freedom from that. They still, even though they say he carried it, they still carry it within themselves. Yeah. And it's sad. You can see it in a person's posture. They're not walking upright. They're not confident, joyful. They are, they're burdened. Yeah. They're, they're hurting. They are ashamed. They feel rejected. And so this is where we're going to hang out today is that moment because that's not what Jesus came for is to add more of that to yeah, us. definitely. He didn't die for us so that we might have more of it. Exactly. He died in our place so that we might be free from mm-hmm. that experience. That's yeah. the whole essence of what it means to be a Jesus follower. Yeah, and like we talked about at, at Vertical a while back ago, you used this illustration of... Um, the spirit, when he points out sin in our life, mm-hmm. is not pointing it out condemning, mm-hmm. is not pointing it out saying, you better wear this guilt, mm-hmm. but is pointing out the sin and pointing at the cross at mm-hmm. the same time, yeah. is pointing with conviction more yes. than heaping on the guilt. Yes, I, I think guilt comes from uh, the wrong belief that you are you cannot make this right with God, uh, which yeah, yes, you that. cannot, but Jesus did make it right with God. Yes. And so um, I can't remember the passage, but it talks about God, godly sorrow leading mm-hmm. to repentance mm-hmm. and godly sorrow is that, man, I, I have messed up, mm-hmm. but I know my savior has paid for this. Yeah. And so that is what conviction is. That yeah. is what I know <laughs> I have done something wrong. But that doesn't mean that now I have to make it right. But I can say, you have made it right, Lord. Yeah. It, it should produce in, in the Christian a, mm-hmm. a, a, an awkward freedom and release mm-hmm. after yeah. you have recognized you sinned. Yeah. Which again, like godly sorrow. That's a weird <laughs> phrase yeah. that's used. I believe it's in the New King James Version. Yeah. It talks about uh, a sorrow that you're feeling, mm-hmm. but it is godly at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's... An overwhelming sense, but at the same time, not a hopeless sense. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I just, I find that fascinating in this whole discussion, you know, like guilt is something that will cause your bones to Mm -hmm. become frail and Mm -hmm. will break you down. But that guilt is not put on you by God, Mm -hmm. you know, but the conviction is brought by the Holy Spirit, the godly sorrow brought by the Holy Spirit and the guilt is that. Uh, feeling of I have to yeah. take this on by myself. Yeah, because again, Jesus came to free us from that, so we yes. wouldn't have to bear that yeah. and wear that. And so, if Jesus came to free us from that, why would the Holy Spirit, who they're a part of the <laughs> Trinity, why would the Holy Spirit be like, I'm yeah. going to heap this on you? But Jesus is going to free you. He cannot deny Himself. Yeah, right? that's exactly a passage from Second Timothy. So, it's true. So. So many people, many Christians don't experience that kind of freedom. They don't walk around in the joy and the peace and, mm-hmm. and freedom. They don't experience the more than conqueror life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't experience freedom from sin. And again, it comes down to what you do in that moment, right after you sin. So let's talk about some of the things that people do. I, I have done these. Yeah. They're oh, yeah. very real experiences. Very Every real one of you will it. identify with them today. Yeah. There are things we have done, but they are things that have an element, some of them will, at least of this seems right, but has not produced Victory has not led you to actually become more than a conqueror. It has not led you to be free. It has led you back into defeat and shame. So uh, here are some of the things that people do, Christians do even, when they have recognized, I have blown it again. I think the first is it's very tempting to just feel the weight of the moment, Mm -hmm. but then do what you can to try to brush it off because it's way too heavy to deal with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It hurts. It affects me all over. Mm -hmm. It hurts my heart. It hurts me physically. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to do with it. I've tried. And so I'll just do anything to to brush that aside. Busy Uh, yourself or distract yourself, whatever it is. I'll I'll go on to do something else because Mm -hmm. trying to deal with it has only produced actually more guilt, mm-hmm. more more defeat, more heaviness, and I can't stand it. Yeah, I get absolutely. it. Yeah. yeah, David wrote about that as well. A man who honestly wrote or wrote honestly about his own sin in his life and mm-hmm. and the struggles he faced in Psalm thirty two. Uh, 
He said, when I kept silent, in other words, when he got to the place where he just tried to distract himself, not deal with it, not face it, he said, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. Day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I lost strength. I was worn out. I was physically exhausted. I was mentally exhausted. I was spiritually completely, wholly done. Mm-hmm. And that happens when you just try to brush off the guilt. Yeah. We weren't meant to carry the guilt and the shame and yes. trying to ignore it does not help it. Mm-mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing that is easy to do and, and super popular today is to try to do something to numb the guilt. You, you yeah. sense the awareness that I have done something wrong and I have fallen one more time. I have given in to the temptation one more time. Mm-hmm. And the guilt is there. And But you, rather than deal with it, you choose to try to numb it. And, man, this shows up in a lot of forms. You can turn to some music, some entertainment. You can turn to alcohol. turn to drugs. You can turn to medication. You can turn to food. You can turn to gaming. You could, just, mm-hmm. you could go down a long list of things yep. that people do just to try to numb it. Yeah. Just... I just need to silence it for a while. Yeah, I need to get into a different headspace. I need to just kind of like forget about the reality that I'm actually living in. Yeah. And, and it's an easy, tempting thing because uh, for that time that you're involved in whatever, you know, mm-hmm. pleasure you're in, mm-hmm. the entertainment, the alcohol, the food, the gaming, whatever it is, you're like, I forgot all about all that stuff, yeah. you know? But as yeah. soon as the high wears off or you turn off the yep. console or you, you know... Yep. Whatever happens, the the end of your bliss goes, you know, it ends. That's true. Well, guess what? You're stuck right there with it, and it leaves you being like, oh, I've got to, I've got to go chase more distraction. Yep. It's back. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it starts to produce some yeah. ill health within us. Yes. Some dis-ease. It creates some tension, and it starts to mess with our mind, mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's messing with your heart. It's messing with your mind. Your thoughts are racing to try to keep up with it. You're trying to to busy yourself, to distract yourself, to numb yourself, and it doesn't work. For a little while, like you said, there'll be a moment. Yeah, where you're like, whew, I forgot all about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But you then, yeah. like you said, when, it, when that moment is done, it comes ro- roaring back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing that happens for Christians... And this is the part that's so deceiving because this sometimes feels so right to do is to say, all right, I'm just going to lean into the guilt and the shame and the heaviness. I'm going to actually become more critical of myself. I'm going to become hypercritical. I'm Mm going to start this internal investigation Mm -hmm. and I'm going to turn up every wrong thought wrong deed and just I'm going to keep investigating until I can just pummel myself into nothingness almost. It's like the the person who does this, they're probably thinking of the first two, like, how in the world can anyone even do that? You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> how true. Does, how does someone just brush off the guilt of their sin? How does someone just yeah. distract themselves and try <clears throat> to find comfort whenever you have this big glaring problem right in front of you? Yeah. And you know, th- this is the person who, like you're saying, lives lives their life like I've got to self-examine. I've got to find yep. out what what did I do wrong? Where did yep. I go wrong? And I know that I'm bad, and I know that I'm terrible. And yep. if I could just figure out all the ways in which I'm terrible and bad. Maybe then, yeah, things will change. I, I, I will atone for my sin. Yeah, and I've I've walked in these spaces. I, I've mm-hmm. walked in paths of um, being in in church experiences where you are trying to see just how much you've sinned yeah. and focusing on yeah. your sin yeah. and and the, the horribleness of what you've yeah. done. Yeah, and just just really leaning into that as though this is what God actually delights in this is actually what god wants is you um just pummeled down into defeat Mm -hmm. just you know nothing more than dust on the ground yeah which again the hard thing about this and some of these others is like in each of these there is the half truth of like yes this sounds like the right thing to do yeah you know like god hates sin i should hate sin yeah i should hate myself because i sin yes hold hold Okay, hold on a second. Yeah. We need to get the whole truth going yes. on there, you know, mm-hmm. because yes, you do sin, mm-hmm. but in Christ, your sin is no longer who you are, right? Correct. You have a new identity. And so 
to be like, God hates sin. I should hate sin. I hate myself because I sin. Like, hold on. That's one step too far, you yeah, know? Exactly. And so that, that mindset though will carry you into, uh, not even low self-esteem, but below low self-esteem, no self-esteem, you know, even within church Church context. context. Yes. Even in some worship experiences where you are encouraged to lean into, you know, your, your unworthiness Mm -hmm. and your sin and your sorrow and your shame. There are aspects of that where, and, and there are times where it's important to be like, man, I am not worthy of Christ. Exactly. That's important. Yes. That's that's literally the start of your faith journey. Yes. Is to say I'm not worthy to enter into heaven by my own right. by my own you know by right. my own merit. And that's important to know but to live saying I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not yep. worthy. Yep. What is that producing in you? Exactly. You know? That's not what we're called to. Yeah. Jesus, if Jesus took it on the cross to free us from it, then at what point are we going to let him truly have all of that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and stop trying to do what he yes. did. Yes. If he took my mm-hmm. guilt, then why am I still trying to guilt myself? Yes. If he took my shame mm-hmm. and took all my iniquities on himself, why am I still trying to? Yeah. Why bear- am I remembering them? Yeah. Why, why am I? Why am I still trying to pay for yeah, it? Exactly. So, Which again, I have heard it said uh, from Vadi Bakum, a trusted, solid pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, you know, we should never completely forget our sin. And at first you're like, what in the world? But he's saying we shouldn't do that because whenever we dismiss all of our sins, all of our wrongdoings, and you're claiming Christianity at the same time, you, you then um, can like, not think as highly of Jesus' death on the cross, mm-hmm. you know? And so he's saying, at the same time, we shouldn't live only thinking about our sins. We should remember our sins and remember the cross and remember that our sin isn't what defines us, yep. but our sin is why we need a savior, you know? Yep. And I think that's is so important to have both sides of that, you know? Yeah, and, and to realize what it says in, in Corinthians is, he became sin for us, so mm-hmm. that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Yeah. Both of those are important. So yeah. I, exactly. I should recognize I come from a sinful past, yeah. but that's not who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. I have now been given a new standing mm-hmm. and I don't I don't grovel. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm called to mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. The groveling, the shaming, mm-hmm. all of that has been removed from me in Christ. And uh, it must stop. It has to. It must. Colossians 2.14 says having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. So whatever you are holding even against yourself, that has been removed. That's been wiped away. Colossians goes on and says, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Not just your sin, but even the, the handwriting of requirements that called you guilty was nailed yeah. to the cross. Now, you have to deal with this all of a sudden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has to become something that transforms you. Yeah. I have been truly set free and changed. Mm-hmm. I am not what I was. So is there a place for conviction and awareness that mm-hmm. I have sinned? Most definitely. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what causes change <clears throat> in your life. Yes. But the time period from that awareness over yeah. into Action. recognizing mm-hmm. my forgiveness and my declaration of being declared righteous. This is the space we're talking about mm-hmm. today. What is the time frame between that awareness yes. and this other awareness? Because mm-hmm. they both are true for us in the gospel. Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing that people do is not just lean into the guilt, but get to a place where they are actually and actively trying to punish themselves for their sin, yeah. where they are trying to hurt themselves as a way of atoning for them, as a way of um, trying to make themselves not sin again. And so by, um, I'm sure today, our listeners, we're not talking to a group of people who are pulling out some type of you know whip and whipping themselves yeah. for their sin. That is historically what some groups have mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine <clears throat> today, the audience, we might be more tempted to do things like, well, I'm going to go work out and I'm yeah. going to you know, beat myself up that way. Yeah. 
or yeah, I'm going my motivation to motivation is going to be how terrible I have been. Yes. And, and I'm just going to replay and replay and replay while I do squats or bench or whatever kind of thing, yes. you know, and, and I'm going to do some self punishment talk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell myself how bad I am, how yeah. much of a failure I am, yeah. how big a sinner I am, how big a hair, you know, heretic, whatever, yeah, whatever, how, mm-hmm. how big I, how, how big I am and all of that. Yeah. And you're, you're saying all the things that were removed from you at the cross. Mm-hmm. And here's the, here's the deceptive part. You're actually saying all the things that the enemy is saying about you right now yeah. as well. Yeah. The accuser of the brethren. Yep. So the gap between awareness of sin and awareness of what Jesus has done for you, that gap right there is very important. And it's in this moment Mm -hmm. that we have to not take up the things that are not of the faith. This idea of trying to punish yourself, um, it's not a new approach. Mm -hmm. Paul dealt with that in the Colossian letter as well in chapter 2. He said, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, Mm -hmm. and neglect of the body. Mm -hmm. But here's what Paul says, that they are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Is if you're if you're going to try to punish yourself enough, beat yourself up enough, then I know what's going to happen. You're going to do that. You're going to feel better about yourself for a little bit while you're feeling pretty miserable about yourself to begin with anyway. And then it's not going to help you because the next time that desire comes back around, you're going to cave again. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go through this cycle again. And so it's it's heartbreaking to think of Jesus' followers walking in perpetual shame and guilt, self-talk that's punishing themselves, yeah. actions that are punishing themselves, and they're never moving into, I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah. I'm free from yeah. sin. I'm not a slave any yeah. longer. Yeah. Again, there's the idea of like, if I just punish myself more, then maybe I'll stop sinning. You know, it's back to that idea of like, I better do this because if I don't, I'll keep sinning, you know? And it's like, when is, again, when has that been the goal of being stopping sinning? And when has that been the promise, I should say? When has that been the promise of God that like, hey, whenever you become a Christian, you're going to stop sinning. Mm. That's not, Mm -mm. that is never promised. No. But, you know, we are to grow, we are to change mm-hmm. and all this stuff. However, mm-hmm. we have been given the way for forgiveness, for salvation mm-hmm. eternally, <clears throat> you yep. know, and that we would lean into that more than we would lean into our own ability to not sin. Yep, Because exactly. if, it was, if it was up to us, you know, we, we would still fail again yeah. in that. Like if it was up to our own doing. And so it's not a matter of like, okay, I need to do all of this punishing of myself. I need to, you know, just absolutely mm-hmm. trash myself and, and how I talk about myself because then maybe I'll stop. I'll stop doing this sin. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Work. Yeah, good luck. Work. It's not going to happen. Uh, another one that is very popular for Christians today is, and I've, I, I can't tell you how many times I've done this. You know, there's a moment where you sin, you recognize it, you said or done something, and then immediately afterwards you say, God, I will never, ever do this again. I promise you, I will never do this again. Now, mm-hmm. worse, you kind of make a bargain deal yeah. with that, you know, but uh, yeah. I will never, ever do this again. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that that seems right. Like, okay, where to yeah. go? Like, yeah. whew, I'm doing you, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it turns out to be, it just, I'm going to, by my own will, make myself not do this again. Yeah. And that has a little bit of power to it. Yeah. But it has no long term power. Two hours, to it. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's not strong enough to yeah. beat. No. It's not strong enough to beat the urge the next yeah. time it comes around. Yeah, it's not enough. Yeah. Uh, another one related to that is people who say, "Well, I just need to do some more religious things or some good things to try mm-hmm. to compensate." If I I need to really get to church, there's yeah. a lot of people who on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. say, "Man." That was a rough Saturday. I I did some things last night I sure mm-hmm. I should not have done. I better mm-hmm. get to church. Mm-hmm. Which again, that's a nice half truth. <sighs> yeah, but uh, you probably do need to get to church. Yeah, exactly. Like but, yes, you do, but that's mm-hmm. not solving your problems. No, if you think somehow you, there's this cosmic scale, and you you got your your Saturday nights weighing you down, and you need to get to do some Sunday mornings to somehow balance that out. I, 
you'll be back in that same boat again next Saturday yep. night. You'll be back so in that true. same boat Sunday yep. night. <laughs> yep. Because you're like, whew, I feel good about this now that I've been to church. Yep. I did something yeah, about my sin. I did sin. something. Well, guess what? If you feel like you can do something about it, then you're going to go right back into the negative mm-hmm. just so you can know that the positive's there for you eventually. It just doesn't work. I mean, that's not even how it works, but that's the mindset that is assumed, and yep. it's just a dangerous uh, yeah. mindset. Yeah, that somehow I'm going to bring some more karma into the situation. You yeah. know, if uh-huh. I do some good things, uh-huh. good will come my way, and I won't yeah. be so you know tempted when the when the evil comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will make my conscience feel better. I'll feel better mm-hmm. about myself. I did a good thing to weigh off my bad yeah. thing, and I might have even do, done two good things, which kind of gives me a credit to do one more bad thing later. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And you know it doesn't work because yeah. at the end of the day, the end of the week, you find yourself in the same place again. You don't have power over sin. You're not more yeah. than a conqueror. You're mm-hmm. not free from sin. You're not, you're mm-hmm. not no longer a slave. You're, you're yep. back a slave again. Yep. Uh, another thing that happens for, for Christians, uh, sadly, and again, there's so many, there's so much of this. It's half truth, yeah. but it's not, whole Mm -hmm. is this idea of, well, I just need to get with some other people who are walking through the same thing as me and let's all talk together about what we're going through. Now there's a part of that that, you know, you get into the group and you feel like, okay, I'm not the only one who deals with this X, Y, Z sin, whatever it is. And all of a sudden you hear someone's just struggling and you say, whew, I just feel better about myself hearing that they struggle with this too. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, but, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. or which even again, thought that. Which again, there, that's a, nice and that's good. That's yeah, great. There's a part know? of it. It's like, okay, I'm not as weird as I thought I was, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but what happens is in those groups like that, there's a lot of talk, a whole lot of talk usually, mm-hmm. a lot of sharing and sometimes oversharing Yes, and there's prayer, but What's the track record? What happens after that? Is there victory? Did mm-hmm. people come away more than conquerors? Did they come away freed from sin, no longer slaves? Or did they just have an outlet to talk about their slavery? Yeah. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. It's sad to get into a, a Christian context, pour your heart out, yeah. and it not lead to real victory. It just yeah. it just led to some sympathy and it yeah. led to association with other people who struggle with the same thing. Which again, in those things, your feelings say, this right here is what you need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's nice and that's great that you feel <clears throat> different afterwards, mm-hmm. but is it literally making a difference in your life? Is, are there, is this changing the fruit that you're producing? Yeah. Most yeah. likely, that in most situations this happens in, no, it's not. Yeah. Just because that's happening. Right. And the Bible talks about there's a place and there's a power of, of gathering together. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Mm-hmm. Now, there's power in being with other people and encouraging one another. And he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There is power when someone else sitting next to you says, hey, I'm praying for you, and you are going to make it through this. Here's what mm-hmm. God has promised mm-hmm. in his word about what you have walked through and where you are. And I want to remind you some truths about what Jesus did for you so you can be free. There's power in all of that. Yeah. Um, and then the next couple are, are, I mean, all of these are sad approaches that usually don't lead to real life, but the next ones lead down a much darker path. And they are um, those who just say, you know what, I can't break free from this. And so I'm going to just live that life Mm -hmm. when no one's watching Mm -hmm. and then I'll do my other church life. Mm -hmm. And they they determine to be and have Mm -hmm. two different aspects of their life. And again, and that's how they attempt to cope with it. That's what I was going to say. This is what's happening whenever you are trying to carry the weight of all your sins. Yep. It's going to lead to a place where you cannot do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And you have to decide, am I going to let this go? Am I going to confess and Mm -hmm. accept the forgiveness that's, that's readily available to me? Or am I going to hold on to this and try to just show that I'm not struggling? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a sad, a sad reality for a lot of folks. They they mm-hmm. live double double lives, and mm-hmm. they can't they can't 
navigate through. So they end up with this scale approach of like, well, I'll have this other life, but I've got my good life. And as long as mm-hmm. I've got the good church spiritual life, it kind of pays off the other dark yeah. aspect of my life. Yeah. Um, again, worse, going down much darker path here is where people actually begin to redefine what they have done mm-hmm. and no longer call it sin. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't, people conclude, I can't keep going down this path recognizing mm-hmm. it's sin. So it must just be that it's not sin, actually. Mm-hmm. I couldn't defeat it. So maybe it was right all along. Maybe mm-hmm. this is just who I am, have mm-hmm. been all along. And this is what mm-hmm. we find in the culture today. Mm-hmm. You start just just change the values, change the standards, rec- recognize or think this is just who you are and therefore identify with it and then own it and become it. Yep. And this is this is ultimate slavery. You you yep. you became enslaved to it and you let it define you and now it calls you what it wants. Yep. You yep. are not you are not you anymore. Yep. It's that, sad. Yes. I heard a really good quote from someone who said uh, either either the Bible is changing you or you are changing the Bible. Mm-hmm. To make yourself feel better, you yeah. will redefine things. Yep. Or based on the truth of the Bible, you'll say, this is what defines things. I'm going to bind my life to that, what it says. You yeah. know? And again, whenever you're redefining what a sin is, you know that you are the one that has the authority there. Yeah. You're, you're, saying, taking, you're taking control. Yeah, you're saying, I have the final say. Yeah. And, and the ultimate worst case in all this, the last option is that you... You just harden your heart. You say, I'm not going to listen to the Spirit of God anymore. I'm going to do my own thing. I'll redefine my life. I'll redefine what's right and what's wrong. And I'm not going to listen to the Spirit of God anymore. Now that That's kind of the progression here. Yeah. So what are we supposed to do then as Christians? These are all the, a long list of things not to do. What are we supposed yeah. to do whenever we re- realize I have mm-hmm. sinned? And yeah. in that moment, again, what you do next in the very, very narrow yeah. window of time yeah. uh, seconds really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe microseconds yeah. what you do next in that moment is going to determine everything about your life whether you're going to go down some of these other paths or whether you're actually going to become what the Bible promises more mm-hmm. than a conqueror mm-hmm. so we turn to some scripture to help us and then we'll we'll make some application here 1 John 1 6-10 says If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. We've kind of addressed that today. Mm -hmm. That can't be the option where I just um, deny that I have walked in darkness. Yeah. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is the the end goal, Mm -hmm. that I walk in full light full exposure mm-hmm. to his truth and I end up having freedom and desire to have fellowship with other people. I'm not putting on a mask. I'm not yeah. pretending. I am not uh, acting one way around them and acting some way uh, apart from them. I'm walking in open fellowship, freedom, and I'm fully aware that Jesus Christ has provided cleansing for me and I walk mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. But he goes on and he says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So here is the basis for what we are to do in the moment after we realize we have sinned. Here it is. Number one, you agree with God that it's sin. Mm-hmm. We should. Shouldn't mm-hmm. deny it. Shouldn't ignore it. Shouldn't try to run from it. We should agree with God that it's sin. That's what confessing is, is agreeing with God. Mm-hmm. But quickly, quickly with it, within just an immeasurable amount of time, we should also agree that forgiveness is ours in Jesus. It's actually there already. Mm-hmm. We And actually, we've already been forgiven for that sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And agreeing with that right away, saying, God, I recognize what I've done is sin, but I also recognize and thank you that that sin has already been paid for. 
You're telling me that God doesn't wait for us to pray mm. that he would forgive us of our sins whenever we pray and we say, God, please forgive us of our sins. Why? <laughs> Why do people pray that? Well, which begs another question is what if you don't? What if you don't yeah. ask? Are they not yeah. forgiven? Yeah. They were forgiven at the cross. Whether or not I'm walking in that forgiveness is based on my agreement with it. Yeah. He's yeah. not, this is going to trip trip you up. Come on. If you're not careful here. <clears throat> He's not waiting mm-hmm. for you to ask forgiveness to give you the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You've already, you've already have, you already have that. Mm-hmm. You're the one who is waiting to experience the forgiveness because you haven't received it in that moment. So what does that prayer then look like? If you are, <clears throat> say you're someone who is praying that God would forgive you of your sins. Mm-hmm. That's literally, you know, that's <clears throat> so common in the yeah. church. You, you pray and you say, God, please forgive me of my sins. All this stuff. Yeah. What does that prayer look like now then with the, mm-hmm. in this mindset? Yeah. Well, the fact that you're asking, would you please forgive me of my sin? You've opened the door to the fact that he might say no. It's true. <laughs> yes. But the realization is you have been forgiven. The blood has been applied. You already received that. Yeah. You already have been transformed. You've yeah. been made new. So that prayer, I think, looks more like, this is what I've had to retrain myself on mm-hmm. even, is, God, I have sinned. Thank you that I have already received forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I've already been given forgiveness. I received that but forgiveness. But you don't punish yourself for two days before Man, praying that I, prayer? I have done that. <laughs> I have done it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I have felt like I needed to just be sad and, and mm-hmm. you know, morose and beat yeah. myself up and yeah. not enjoy life mm-hmm. and, and then try to distract myself because that's such a miserable feeling mm-hmm. and try to do anything but think about it again. I, I've, I've walked down those roads mm-hmm. and it, I never found freedom that way. Mm-hmm. So, But you're saying that the source of freedom actually <laughs> comes from saying, Lord, I've sinned. Thank you. That you have forgiven me. Yes. And I'll go one step further based on scripture. And I thank you that you have given me a standing of righteousness. Yeah. You've called me blameless and holy. Even though you don't feel that way? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I get it. That you, that you hear that and you think, that seems weird. That's yeah. awkward. That just, I just don't, that doesn't feel right. Of course it doesn't. Mm-hmm. This is grace that's been given yeah. to you. Yeah. Eternal grace yeah. you do not deserve. Yeah. Jesus took your sin and the guilt of it so that you might be free from it mm-hmm. so that you can receive forgiveness for that. So yes, that's awkward. Yes, it's weird. Mm-hmm. But this is what transforms your heart. Yeah. When that level of grace hits your heart, you mm-hmm. think, oh, how could I? How could I ever yeah. receive that? That is yeah. so wondrous, so good, God. You're so good to me. That yes. experience will transform your heart. Yes. That so will give you something bigger inside mm-hmm. than the next temptation yeah. that comes your way. Yeah. Especially because again, it's not. It's not like, thank you, God, that I beat myself up enough for this. Yes. And now I feel like I have adequately atoned for my sins to where I can say this religious. Type prayer and say yes, you are good, and yeah. I feel terrible about myself. Yeah, and any Amen. Protestant knows that doesn't work because they see it over in the Catholic Church. They say, yeah. "You're like, what doing, are you doing over there? Yeah, doing three Hail Marys and having to go see the you know this person confess your sin and having to do these works whatever yeah. for your sin yeah. to atone for them." Yeah, it's like, come on now. Oh, hey, how's <clears> it going? Let's put the dots together. They're like you go to a priest, I just roast myself the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my own priest. Yeah, exactly. I give myself my priest own Hail Marys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Come on now, let's put this all together. Yeah. We're not called to walk in defeat and shame and guilt. We're yeah. called to walk upright in the Lord, knowing mm-hmm. we have been forgiven, mm-hmm. knowing that our sins have been removed from us as far as the East is from the mm-hmm. West, and that we have been declared, now here's what Colossians is going to tell us, that we've been actually declared blameless before God. We'll get to this mm-hmm. passage here in just a moment, but it's important to remember, we have been saved by grace through faith, not by self-punishment and uh, feeling like I've done enough finally to atone for my sins. That's not how I'm saved. In fact, you've been saved by grace through faith and not of yourselves. It didn't come from you. It came as a gift from God. It's not of works. It's not of any amount of you bargaining, begging, working, scheming, trying to do good Mm -hmm. that you pay it off. If it could be, 
then you would do what Ephesians says. You'd end up boasting about it. Look what I did. Have you seen how many Hail Marys I did? Have you seen how much work I did? Have you seen how much I beat myself up? Uh Uh No, you're not forgiven because you worked for it, earned it, begged enough for it. Mm -hmm. You were given as an act of grace Mm -hmm. and you received it by faith. Yeah. So again, back on the the prayer aspect, what, what if that goes against everything that someone grew up under? What if that goes literally against, say they're, I don't know, in their forties and they grew up in church and they're like, you're telling me and my 35 years of understanding in the, in the church, you're telling me that they were wrong this whole time. You're telling me that I've been, I've been walking in defeat. You say that? I mean, I'd say, just look at your own life. Where are you? How's that working for you? How's it working? Punishing yourself, beating yourself up, uncertain about your forgiveness, uncertain about the level of standing you have with God, uncertain about whether you are declared righteous, uncertain about your standing. Are are you are you more than a conqueror? Are you walking free from sin? Are you walking not a slave to sin? You, you tell me. Is that is what you believe working for you? Jesus had an occasion where a woman was brought to him by the Pharisees, who were the ultimate shamers, guilters, law keepers, condemners. They set Jesus up and they used a woman to do so. She was caught in the very act of adultery, most likely a scenario they set up themselves to catch her in the act of adultery. And they throw her at the feet of Jesus. So right here is where we ought to be able to look and see what does Jesus do with us in the moment after we sin? Because this is the moment. She's been mm-hmm. caught and tossed on the ground in the, after the moment. Yeah. And Jesus <clears throat> doesn't have anything condemning to say to her. Mm-hmm. He has something he says to those Pharisees, something he writes in the, in the gra- on the ground in the dirt. We don't know what it is. It causes them to drop their stones and to walk away. And what he says to the woman is, where are your accusers? Yeah. And he says, I have not come to condemn you. Mm-hmm. Now go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. There's our pattern. There's mm-hmm. what Jesus does with us in the moment you recognize you sinned. He doesn't come to condemn you. John 3, 16 and 17 tell us that. Mm-hmm. He's not come to condemn the world, but to save us, to mm-hmm. save the world. Romans 8, 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's not come to condemn you. He's come to free you. He doesn't weigh you down with things to do to pay off your sin. He gives you what you will find stunning he gives you absolute forgiveness and freedom. Mm-hmm. And this is where people get, people get tripped up. Yeah. That, that just seems, to the religious mind, that seems yeah. wrong. Yeah, That's why exactly. those Pharisees that day could not deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed wrong. Yeah, because I think another question that people might have you know, concerning this is this idea of like, well, what if God thinks I'm taking this for granted? What if God thinks that I'm like, too accepting of his forgiveness. I've got to like pay for it first before, <clears throat> right? That's that's just your <laughs> that's just your mindset. That's just your modern, yeah, modern mindset. I need to do something for it because, yeah, as we all yeah. say, yeah. ain't nothing in life free. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was just saying it's a free lunch. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, someone's paying for it. It's like, oh yeah, someone's paying for it, and it's been paid for. Yeah, someone did pay for it. Yeah, they paid for it dearly. Yeah. With their and, life. That's why it's like you have been bought with the price. Yeah. And so you live understanding I have been bought. Yeah. And you live thankful. Yeah. And you live saying, I don't have to pay for this. Right. This is not mine to pay, actually. Right. And to say this is mine to pay is mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Yeah. And so we're invited to this this gospel and we're invited to a cross where we see the suffering of Christ for us, but we have to remember we're also invited to an empty tomb. Yeah. And we're not to live in the at the foot of the cross trying to 
punish ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're to see what happened at the cross and then quickly walk over to the empty tomb and see mm-hmm. here is proof that it was accepted in heaven. Yeah. He is resurrected and there's power. Uh, Romans 6 says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So if you want to do what Jesus did, see his death for you, but quickly get over to the resurrection and see his resurrection for you. He was punished, but he was raised. So your sin has been removed so you can walk raised. And he goes on in Romans and says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. You won't become free from your sin by punishing yourself. You'll become free from sin by recognizing the punishment that he took for you and letting that saturate and transform your heart. Mm -hmm. And it will. You start taking in the wonder of this kind of grace, undeserved, unfathomable gift given to you. It will change you inside. It will stir in you a new set of motivations that is bigger than any list of rules, set of condemnation or punishment you can bring on yourself. I I promise you, I've tried those paths. Mm -hmm. It does not work. Mm -hmm. The result of the gospel ought to be greater joy, greater confidence, greater awareness of what's been done for us, and a greater motivation to not sin again. So Hebrews, we'll close with a couple passages here today. Hebrews 10, 19 through 24. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, Mm -hmm. having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I love the fact that it invites us with boldness, full assurance of faith, a true heart Mm -hmm. to walk right into the throne room of God. This is with your head up, your feet walking, Mm -hmm. coming right into the throne room of God because of what's been done for you. And then we'll close with Colossians 1, 21, 22. This forever, the most stunning verses in scripture to me. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That, believing that, Believing that in the moments after you have sinned mm-hmm. is what will free you in the future. It will free you and you will become more than a conqueror. You'll be free from sin. You'll no longer be a slave. This is the stunning call of the gospel. This, mm-hmm. this is why people are not free because they've not taken in the wonder of that truth right there. So good stuff, good. huh? So good. All right. Well, it is our passion and prayer that this um, this truth, this truth of the gospel, transform your life so that you can lift up and live out the truth of the gospel and experience greater freedom. This ought to be our walk. Greater freedom, greater love, greater joy, greater power, greater confidence, greater walking in dominion, free from sin, more than a conqueror. So... Come join us at Vertical. Yeah. See what God's doing here. Listen to more of our podcasts. The truth is in the scripture and in God's son, Jesus, and through the power of his spirit. He will bring that alive in you if you'll listen to him and seek him. So uh, join us again next time. We're going to keep lifting him up and living him out. <laughs>